people binge shows all the time. Girls like ourselves devour them. Children are put to bed early by their parents, hopefully to not be seen again that night. Housewives take grocery money and invest in stars to watch seasons four and five. All episodes are consumed, eventually. Welcome, nerdy knights of the well-rounded table to Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take those extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm Lady of That Thirsty Lake, Sarah O'Connor. Hello, it's your ginger host, Colleen McMillan, and I'm still freaking boiling in North Carolina at this point. You are not meant for hot weather, my friend. <laughs> no, I live in Minnesota. Give me the cold. Perfect. Bonjour, it's your favorite French lassie, Flo Siegel. And also a quick shout out that season four is now on Netflix. Yes. So you have to invest in stars for that one season. Perfect. <laughs> So the BGS ladies, through many very thirsty discussions, decided to let you in on what has been a series of frantic text exchanges and begin a detailed dorky dive into the sexy historical world of Diana Gableden's Outlander, a stars show adapted from novels, which most of us have not finished. So that's a thing. <laughs> Be warned, we will be talking heavily about mature content as well as discussing sensitive topics such as sexual violence and rape. So that's our warning. Make sure the Barons are out of earshot. And with that, je suis prêt for a recap of the final episodes of season four. <laughs> so we open to watch indigenous people dancing around what appears to be traveling stones in North America. It has been four months since they landed in America. They begin traveling up the coast where Gavin Hayes killed a man and was sentenced to death. Jamie could not save him. In North Carolina, Jamie and Claire plan to sell the gemstones recovered from the Artemis to pay for everyone's passage back to Scotland. I love Scotland. Get back there. Right. Yeah. Ian continues to suffer, thinking Galus the Bakra, who raped him, um, and then they helped Thief Stephen Bonnet, who has fled his execution, escape recapture after he snuck into their cart. Despite originally thinking they'd head home to Scotland, Jamie and Claire decide to stay in America to start a new life. Fergan and, Fergus and Marsley, who is pregnant, decide to stay as well. En route to visit Jamie's aunt Jocasta, who is somehow in existence and somehow in America, um, he and Claire are attacked and robbed by Stephen and his gang of bandits. Big thanks, no thanks. Stephen takes the jewels as well as Claire's wedding ring from Jamie and kills Jamie's associate, Leslie. Mm -hmm. Yikes, what an episode. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> a lot in that episode. Where to it's start? Gonna, <laughs> gonna have repercussions. That one choice to help Stephen Bonnet is going to have a lot of repercussions. Yeah, I mean, he definitely should just let that dude die. Yeah, yeah, for serious. Yeah. Where Jamie's like good heart really just bit him in the ass because yeah. he's and the Claire's freaking too. worst. Yeah, like he tricked both of them, and they're pretty Dang. savvy people. Like they right. usually get a good read on people, but Bonnet is talented in that area. Con man through and through. One yeah. thing I really appreciated was Claire tries to swallow her wedding rings. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, and somehow manages to keep the gold one, which is yep. the one from Frank. Mm -hmm. Right. And in the book, um, Bonnet takes Frank's gold ring, not Jamie's ring. So mm -hmm. that's a little book show discrepancy. 
Yes. Um, how do we feel about Ray Charles's America the Beautiful playing over that scene? What a choice. <laughs> it was a choice. <laughs> I, I just think of the Sandlot because this that song is in the Sandlot. So whenever it comes up, that version of the song, I'm like, oh, are we watching fireworks and baseball? Like, no. It was an interesting choice. I preferred the Batman theme from last season. Like if they're going to put modern music in, it's kind of odd to have it when it's in the past sections. I liked it. I thought it felt like really ironic. Mm, and yes, very like, sad. I, I just, I really, really liked that about it. It kind of reminded me kind of like WandaVision that we're watching right now. It's just like mm -hmm. these like weird modern things in old timey things and um yeah i i like the irony of it and i like the fact that like we're seeing a grittier america than i think we usually see specifically at that time like we see a lot of like heroism and like yeah colonial times we're gonna be free and independent and it's like no like it freaking sucked yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. So, yeah i'm glad they had ray charles do it like the Ray Charles version because yeah. he's a man of color right living in America the beautiful right life. exactly mm. so there was a lot of layers there for sure and I, I really liked it and then can I just say totally separate topic I was so excited when Fergus and Marcellie said they were pregnant oh <laughs> yay so I was obsessed with those two kids <laughs> I don't like how they got separated from Claire and Jamie. So can you remind viewers, yeah. because I'm a little bit lost, where are they staying? In a nearby town. Yeah, they're staying in town. They're is just that like, like Wil Williamton, is that what it is? I'd have to relook at my notes, but they're close. Like not super close. It's kind of a chore to go into town, but. I just feel like it's very Oregon Trail what Jamie and Claire are doing. Like, is their axel okay? Are they going to get bitten by a snake? <laughs> <laughs> their, their oxen will drown fjording the river or whatever <laughs> yeah exactly speaking speaking of which colleen why don't you take us away with our next yep. episode jamie claire and young ian who i love i love young ian arrive at river run jocasta's sprawling plantation claire is uncomfortable to say the least that jocasta owns 152 slaves hmm. when jocasta ultimately names jamie as her heir shady without telling him first Jamie and Claire privately discuss trying to somehow free the plantation slaves once he takes over. That kind, of that kind of reminds me of season one. Like everyone is always trying to name Jamie as an heir. That's yeah. like a constant. <laughs> mm -hmm. He's like this free agent that could be used by a lot of people. And he's, he's just them. a hot commodity. <laughs> Everybody loves Jamie for real. Um, Joe Costa's friend and kind of overseer helper Guy Farquaad shouts to Shrek always tries to convince him of the futility of such an attempt because of all the obstacles involved, including proving each slave saved a life and it costs a crap ton of money yeah. to free a slave. When a slave named Rufus, poor sweet Rufus, attacks a white overseer who sucks, who yeah. hurt him, Claire and Jamie save Rufus from immediate execution in the grossest way possible. That was awful. That was awful. That was awful. It's so, so graphic. So terrible, that part. Ugh. However, an angry mob, because of course there's a freaking angry mob, demands that they hand Rufus over. Forced to comply, otherwise Joe Costa's house would be burned to the ground. Claire euthanizes Rufus first. Yeah. I mean, what scene, do you say? 
that hurt me so much. And then they hang him anyway. Right. Because it's about the symbol. It's not even about killing him, really. It's just... I mean, this definitely brought brought us back to, like, when she euthanized um column right a little bit yeah that that's what that brought me back to that felt like very parallel so Mm -hmm. i mean this was so so sad also uh, that's a lot of slaves that is a lot of slaves that's a lot she has like the farming contingent and then she has the sawmill contingent kind of working so she's got a lot of different Jocasta needs to calm down. I can't remember if it was in this episode or in one of the later episodes where Jocasta's like, yeah, I'm friends with some of them. Like, they really mean a lot to me. And Claire was just like, yo, white lady. Yeah. How do they feel about that? Well, one of them is fine with it, (laughs) at least in the books. (laughs) I'm sure. One of them is very, very fine with it. Can you, Colleen, can you explain what that means to our listeners? Because I don't know. Are you, I don't know if this is going to be on the show because I haven't seen season five yet. Um, oh, Ulysses, Ulysses, who is her butler, and she have been having an affair for like 20 years. Oh, and he, no, is, she freed him. Show. Like she freed him. So he's free. He's staying there because they're in love. Like. So from what I remember of season five, <clears throat> he is freed, but I don't recall their... Being if they have a relationship. Lovers. Well, she has a relationship with somebody else. Yes. Ooh. So. Well, I guess we'll find out. I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, wait <laughs> with bated breath for season five. Right. Flo, what happens next? Oh. Oh, oh. Okay. This is going to be a heavy Flo hates Roger episode, so prepare yourselves. Fine. Um, all right. So in back in the future, in 1970, Roger sells his house. Because that's what you do, I guess, when you start courting somebody. So he decides that he's going to go flirt and court Brianna in America. So he sells his house because that's a really good option. Logical. Totally yeah, logical. Super logical. In the past, after all they've seen at River Run, Jamie and Claire decide to leave to make a life of their own, much to Jocasta's disappointment. He's like, no, I don't want to be your heir. I'm going to peace out and go to the wild. I don't want to own humans, Jocasta. That's not like in my... Not my jam. Not into it. So Ian also decides to stay in America, thank God, because we love Ian. Lost in the woods during a storm and separated from Jamie, Claire finds a human skull with a stone pendant this was the weirdest thing and sees a ghost of an indigenous person before lightning cracks this was like a totally different genre of an episode than anything we've seen before that was like creepy horror sci-fi like alien weird things going on very suspensey and not in a sexual way no not moved her shoes like he moved her shoes what's happening It, it was whatever it was weird but it was cool i guess so to Claire's surprise, um, the footprints like bring Jamie and Claire back together <laughs> and the skull has like fillings, which are obviously not from this time, which was surprising. So Claire concludes this person is a time traveler like her. Very spooky. Mm-hmm. Later, we get this beautiful shot. They arrive at this stretch of land. They decide to claim it for their own. There's like waterfalls it's like stunning and they call it Fraser's Ridge and then in my favorite part of the episode 
Back Cue sarcasm. The, <laughs> the, listeners, if you cannot sense my sarcasm, I don't know what to tell you. Back in 1970, Brianna and Roger reunite. They take a trip to North Carolina, where all the best trips are. And he ends up proposing to her at this, like, Scottish festival. Mm-hmm. Um, but Romance. she's not ready. Because they just met. So And she's, that, like, 20-something. Yeah. And he just, like, picked up and left his house. Just whatever. So whatever. That's a thing. So she's not ready. They fight. Brianna isn't sure she even like wants to get married at all. And so they continue doing all these like Scottish festivities together. And it's Roger is the biggest douchebag in the history of the world here. Yeah. It's not good. So I don't know. Should we talk about that part first? Yeah, I think so. Why don't don't you kick it off, Flip? (laughs) Okay. So when they're in that cabin, right? Like I guess it's like their hotel room, but they're like renting a cabin, right? They're glamping. (laughs) Right. They're glamping. It's the seventies. Everything's great. He bought her a bracelet, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which like was a not cute. So bad job, Roger. But then he's like upset because it was just so weird. I like didn't even really follow his logic. He wanted to marry a virgin right? Yes. That was like his big Yes. Press. Well, so like Brianna is like, hey boo, what's up? I would love to get undressed and have sex with you. Right. Because I'm attracted to you. Like, let's yes. start, let's start there, Roger, darling. Right. So she wants to have sex with him, but she doesn't want to bind herself to him through marriage. And he's like, we're not having sex until we're married. And it was just like so like antiquated. <laughs> well, antiquated and also just like using her, right? Like it's just like, well, you have to give me what I want before I give you what you want. And it's like, no, you don't get to leverage sex like that. You douche right. Roger. Right. Yeah. Right. And then shaming her. Yes. And then he like leaves. Yeah. And like and basically shaming all the women he's been with. Totally. Because, because he they were yeah, he was fine, though. Which is the worst part. It's like, you can't even follow your own freaking advice, Roger. Right. And, like, she's clearly very upset and, like, crying because he just slut, like, not even slut shamed her, like, anti-slut shamed Virgin, virgin shamed her without no, virgin. Non-marriage shamed her. And then he, like, slams the door and leaves and just, like, leaves her crying there. Like, I wouldn't sleep with you, Roger. Get out of here. Yep. And then, yep. like, when they're at the whatever banner raising thing and they're like in the stands together and he's like ignoring her like he's freaking seven years old like who would want to marry you roger this is a psa to you roger fix your shit because you are horrible get it all together and fix it up (laughs) get it together in a backpack (laughs) this is a spoiler roger you don't get better and i can't stand you i cannot with roger Roger, 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 (laughs) he has some good points, but they are overshadowed by his mm, absolute inability to communicate with a woman who he supposedly loves. Like Roger is constantly effing it up. It's just, it's unbelievable. It's like, have you never met a woman, Roger? 
Like, have you never spoken to one? I'm so confused. Is like, do you think that this would work? Roger, where is your game? What is, how did you get other people to sleep with you, Roger? I don't yes. understand. Right? Like, you should be the singing was artist. great. Like, get laid, my dude. Right. You like What's play the guitar or whatever. <laughs> You're like fucking, sorry, effing John Mayer or whatever. <laughs> oh my gosh. He is so John <laughs> And it's just like, okay, Jack Johnson, like, great. You've got the game, but like, then you're over here turning around being an absolute a-hole like yeah what? Mm -hmm. get out i can't yeah. well he's only... really into it at first oh sorry sarah go no no no, no. i was gonna pivot because the only thing that i wanted to talk about from this episode is claire sleeping by a skull <clears throat> and like taking it with her is a choice why oh why would you sleep next to and then take in your little satchel a skull i mean i'd rather sleep with a skull than with roger so <laughs> do we do we ever find out i mean don't don't okay colleen's nodding her head yes we find out who the creepy skull belongs to like we always do we always find out like these connections and correlations between Claire and different traveling stones. Interesting, yep. interesting, interesting. But yeah, I mean, it was definitely creepy. Like, it was very like Wednesday Adams of her to just be yeah. like, Ooh, if she's a doctor, I think it was weirder. But since she is, she's going to have like a curiosity about it. Sure. No, I still think it's weird. <laughs> I, I still think it's, it's a choice. <laughs> Claire, is, Claire is a little weird. I, I would say that it's kind of like an all things serve the stones situation. Like all travelers are kind of connected and are trying to perpetuate whatever is supposed to be happening. And yeah, yeah that would be my guess. Like, I didn't think the skull thing was that weird, I guess, but the ghost thing was really weird. Both were so weird to me. That was just because like- Because why does the ghost care enough to- This is another white savior kind of thing. Why would the ghost of an indigenous person give two blanks to reunite these two people together? Why? I think it's only because Claire is a traveler. I think that's the only reason. Okay, well. I think that he's kind of called to her a little bit because she's in danger maybe. So then his spirit is like, ah, crap, gotta go back to my skull. <laughs> Some white lady's messing with Okay, so that kind of explains a little bit. Okay, that I explains more than what we were seeing in the episode. But like, does way. it? Because like, we haven't seen like ghost things before. No, no. We do, because we have seen Galus's skull though too. Wow. Right. Uh, Joe Abernathy had it and told her that right. this woman okay. was like nearly decapitated and then Claire nearly decapitated Galus. Right, right. Right. I don't know. This just felt like a little too like, haunted mansion for me like it was spooky it was just a little too much it was whatever I don't well know. next up claire jamie and ian mark out their territory in america which is a ton of land mm -hmm. some cherokee arrive but they slip back into the woods when jamie shows them that he means no harm he begins work on building their new home which is absolutely wild yeah That's like so hot just like building a homestead out of nothing in the middle of nowhere really made me appreciate the home that I was watching this show in. Yeah. Um, a bear attacks their homestead, or so they think, dun, 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 because there's a bear that mauls John Quincy Myers and then attacks Jamie, which Jamie kills. He then takes the man who is dressed as a bear to the Cherokee reservation. This was wild. 
turns out that this man was kicked off the reservation for raping a woman. They don't stand for that. The Cherokee and Jamie agree to live in peace. Now, blast to the present, Roger learns that Claire and Jamie died in a fire at Fraser's Ridge, but the date is smudged on the document, meaning within the next 12 years, they end up dying. But Roger decides not to tell Brianna. Again, what a choice, Roger. Meanwhile, Brianna has traveled to Scotland without telling Roger to quote unquote, visit her mother and Roger goes looking for her. Again, I have a lot of feelings about this one. So why doesn't, why does Roger decide not to tell Brianna? Because you would think. Why does Roger do anything there? But it's a shitty reason. Like he gives a reason eventually, but it's just a crap reason. What, what's the what's the reason he gives Colleen? You'll find out soon. <laughs> it's coming up in an episode. <laughs> Freaking, he's just, he's the worst, honestly. And like- It was a bad choice. I mean, yay for going crazy. after her. Like, good for you, Roger. But you're also trying to play a hero here too. Yes. Like if, if he had told her, then they could have <laughs> gone back together. Right. Like she would have trusted him. But now it's like- My thing about Roger is like, after his little speech in the cabin, I just feel like every single move that he makes is just so that she'll marry him. Like everything mm. is just to guilt her into marrying him so that he can have sex with her, like with his conscience clear or whatever. And so like him not telling her is just another power move, right? Like he's not doing it to protect her. He's doing it so he can hold something over her. And I, I just, I cannot stand him. I hate him so much. <sighs> Okay. I don't hate him, but I'm very disappointed in him. God, I hate him. <laughs> How would you guys have felt if it were an actual bear that Jamie wrestled? Because in the book, it is a bear, a real bear. That's pretty cool. I feel like that's more realistic than someone who... Man. Yeah. I mean, I will say that it was very creepy and interesting visually mm-hmm. to find out that it was actually a person dressed as a bear. I was truly convinced that it was an actual bear who was attacking. So funny, because I was convinced it was a dude. Really? Very yeah. 13th warrior Michael Crichton with the bear yeah. people situation. But poor yeah, John not- Quincy Myers, he didn't deserve to get mauled like that. No, I liked him a lot. I felt I like bad for him. I like him. He's fun. He's a good I- addition to the cast. I just want to take one second to veer off the bear and just to say how hot Jamie looked building a house. Like, my dude, I I would move to the backwoods with you anytime, <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> wow, oh, yeah. that was amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Loved that. Very much so. Oh, oh, I like, hate to pivot to something sad, but we are going to. Yeah. Whoa, what, were you, what else were you gonna say? No, I was just gonna say, he was just like a very hot, like Charles Ingalls. <laughs> get after it prairie daddy like yes Yes. (laughs) mountain daddy at this point (laughs) all right go for sad i'm ready for yeah we're we're here for some sad episode now we meet in the next episode petronella muller and claire delivers her baby sadly petronella her baby and her brother-in-law soon die of the measles because of this gerhard muller who was her father believes a cherokee warrior cursed him and his family when he was actually blessing a stream that he had gotten water for his horses from distressed gerhard scalps the healer adawahi claire's oh. friend of course in revenge not the best move 
not a good idea to piss off the indigenous people, my dude. The Cherokee retaliate, killing Gerhard and his wife and burning their house to the ground. Ooh, 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 ooh. Ooh, I this arc I forgot about it I was telling you guys earlier I, I guess I blacked it out <laughs> from my first watch because it is so difficult to watch and I got this the doll the doll is in the very opening where they do the title and then kind of have their little scene they had the person wrapping up the doll yeah. I'm pretty sure that is what carried the measles back very to the family very Stannis Baratheon kind of kind of plot arc yeah, he mm, he With is the poison else. doll and dragon face. Yep, just or dragon not, skin. Just not good, not good, my dude. I'm so sorry, but please don't scalp the wonderful healer woman that Claire just made friends with. That was so sad. It was that awful. was absolutely abysmal. That I was like, is this necessary? Like, really? Does every person that Claire meets that's decent have to die? I'm not into it. But we do get one little silver lining. We get Silver Fox. Murta is looking hot, being surly, taking all of Young Ian's money, which is hysterical. (laughs) He's busy working as a blacksmith in the nearby town and definitely overcharging for his services. Mm -hmm. (laughs) At least to Young Ian. You get after it, Murta. You do you. And here we go. Back again. 1971. Roger tracks Brianna to Inverness where she has gone through the Standing Stones to reunite with her parents. Good job, Roger, I guess. Like, make the attempt, my dude, but mm, interesting. stalker. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least she told him that she had feelings for him, so it's like, at least he's like, she Somewhat has reciprocal. feelings for him, but she yeah. didn't tell him not to follow her. Okay, well, she has feelings for him because she's 20 and because he asked to marry her. So... I mean, and also, like, she, she, I don't think, has that much experience in the yeah. world. And she, like, just lost her dad. Mm-hmm. Like, wait to see, and her mom's gone. Like, way to take advantage of her. I can't, I cannot. I, I give Roger's this man no pass. like Frank, too. He's got the professor thing going on. Totally. He probably reminds Brianna of her, her father, father a little bit. Yeah. Totally. Which is a whole other set of issues that we'll get to eventually. Well, I guess he's kind of a mix of Frank and Jamie, right? Because he's mm-hmm. like the professor thing, but he's also like super Scottish and a Mackenzie yeah. and like, yeah. I, yes. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Hate him. I love to either one. <laughs> Let's pivot to Murtaugh for, for a second. I <laughs> loved that he came up to Claire whistling the Bugle Boy beat. That, that was, was perfection. It was wonderful. It was so sweet. Her face when she saw him was just delightful. That was like, amazing. Yeah. So Their funny. friendship is just like so precious. Yes. I am obsessed with them together. A wonderful change from the books once again. Yeah. Claire getting able, being able to see Murtaugh again and interact with him. Yeah. It's like, this is her friend. She hardly has any friends. They all die. Do you have a sense from your historical knowledge? Like, isn't it wild that Jamie received 10,000 acres? That seems like an absolute insane amount of acreage it for is one man to receive. The guy is kind of like strong arming him into being kind of a constable or at least to help him out with the regulators too. So this is like a bribe yeah and he's going to try and attract other people to live on these acres kind of like make his own lollybrook in north carolina so then he'll have like tenants that farm land and stuff around him 
Right, right, right. So that's basically Jamie is like running a multi-level marketing scheme where he just like sells land to people and then they work for him and then he reports back to like his diamond level or whatever. <laughs> totally, totally pyramid scheming all these boys. Yeah, he's, he's in the LuLaRoe like... business of, 19, <laughs> of like 17, whatever. <laughs> 1771 or something like that. So Flo, what happens back in the past? Yeah, let's go to one of our fave guys. Back in the past, Lord John. Yes, Lord John. He is back. Amen. Give us all the Lord John. Mm -hmm. He actually comes to Fraser's Ridge, which was really surprising. I was not. (laughs) He loves Jamie. He. (laughs) I mean, yes, but also like he's in the middle of nowhere like why are you here um and he brings young william who's jamie's son like secret son from that like semi-rape where that girl like semi-rape that was totally a rape that was totally a rape jamie was hot in the rape he was like as willing and kind as possible but like that was a rape he definitely Mm -hmm. leveraged her position a million percent um so Murtagh learns there that William is Jamie's son but he agrees to keep the secret he's Murtagh is pretty upset um at the governor's plan to build a large estate because of the unfair taxes and -hmm. things get like really awkward over dinner with Lord John (laughs) I'm not eating rats anymore thanks (laughs) yeah that was that was rough so then Jamie takes William for some father-son bonding without William's consent which was yeah William did not want to leave his dad and we don't mean Jamie right right I mean it is for sure weird because like he's never spent a ton of time with Jamie except when he was like super little and so it's like wow this random man is taking me into the woods this is (laughs) so they go hunting and fishing in the forest and Claire nurses John who has gotten the measles um that was scary I thought he was gonna die honestly yeah 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 so then William actually angers the Cherokees by taking a fish from one of their traps, which is like, William, keep your hands to yourself, my dude. Yeah. And we just Jamie, told you not to do that. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it was kind of obvious. Like, bro, do, do you have like one ounce of knowledge? No, because you're like this little rich kid. Yeah. So then when the Cherokees come and like threaten them, Jamie sac- is willing to sacrifice himself to protect the boy. And I really thought something really bad was going to happen here, um, but it didn't. It like simmered back down. So we find out how much Jamie like really loves this boy. And it's that was very sweet. Ends up that John recovers and Jamie is obviously very distraught that William has to leave. And then he gives Claire a new ring. So at least Claire's happy. <laughs> so that's good. Yeah, somebody's happy at least. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So that's what happened here. Mm-hmm. It was good. I love this episode with John Gray and Claire. Both of them are so jealous of each other. Oh, so much. And their chemistry between the two actors is really electric. I love yes. it. And I love that John Gray says that he was born this way, yeah. that he was born gay. Because right. Claire mentions, well, I guess we were all just born this way. And he's like, so was I. I'm like, mm, yeah. that's I so thought- wonderful. So we were talking about like, why does John Gray travel all of this way? And I thought that it was really sweet 
and sad, like very bittersweet that John said, I just wanted to make sure that I could feel something because he didn't really feel anything at his wife's passing. I think it was kind of a marriage of convenience and a marriage of appearance. Mm -hmm. And so um, John Gray is willing to walk 10,000 miles to (laughs) To see his gentleman love. And boy, can he feel still. (laughs) This this was just very upsetting. Like the character of John Gray is such a tragic one because nothing good, like he does all this good for Jamie and for the Frasers and for William. And like, he doesn't get anything in return besides like the absolute bare basics of a friendship with Jamie. Like Jamie doesn't really show him that much affection at all. Obviously like that's not how Jamie feels and that's fine. And obviously Jamie loves Claire, but it's like just very difficult and it pains me that he like tortures himself in this way like coming back Mm -hmm. to Jamie repeatedly and seeing him with Claire like that's very painful like I'm sure we all know like how it feels to see somebody that you like have a crush on or like or love and then see them with somebody else and it's just like oh the angst right and it's just like he doesn't have to keep putting himself in this position yeah and yet he does and also like he has to live with Jamie's son as his Mm -hmm. own and it's like that is that's a lot because William looks a lot like Jamie and so it's like that's it's a tough one poor John hopefully he will get some happy happiness (laughs) I need him to because he like is just so tragic so well well why don't we head back to Brianna because she's busy making her way slowly across Scotland twisting her ankle painfully and collapsing in the cold until she is found and taken in by Leary. Not great, especially traveling alone in the past and to run into our least favorite outlander lady. Mm-hmm. Roger though follows Brianna through the standing stones cause he's got that power too and joins the crew of Stephen Bonnet's ship. Um, he hopes to follow Brianna to America. So, so let's pause there for a second. Why does Roger think that Brianna is going to head to America just because she knows that's where her parents are? I mean, that's that's why I get confused sometimes because like Roger, if you had just communicated a little bit more, you would have been with Brianna and then she wouldn't have twisted her ankle mm-hmm. and then she wouldn't have been in Leary's clutches. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, what was Brianna thinking going through these stones with absolutely no provisions? Nothing. At least Claire came back with a few things. Like, I just don't understand no, what she Claire or okay. what Brianna and Roger were well, independently thinking. Okay, so number one, Brianna is an idiot here because she saw her mother prepare to go through the stones. Like, it's not right. Like, it's not like she had no idea. She like watched Claire like sew all these dresses and like get medical supplies ready and whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like why would you think that you could just go through like didn't she bring just like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or something like yeah what are you doing like she didn't think- even bring a mirror like like how is she supposed to attract a ship <laughs> she's she supposed to single ships <laughs> oh my god um, i think in the book she brings more stuff i can't remember exactly what she brings but it seems less dumb <laughs> i mean it was just crazy and then like in terms of roger like to me roger is just like 
so full of hubris. It's unbelievable. He's just like, yeah, whatever goes on through my head, that's what's going to happen. So yeah, for sure, Brianna's in America because I just had this like one random thought that she probably is. So I'm going to get on the ship now and not like wonder. It's just like, what is wrong with you? I, I don't understand that man at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, heading back to Leary, she is angered when she at least eventually realizes that Brianna is Claire and Jamie's daughter. Um, Leary's daughter, Joan, then takes Brianna to Lollybrook and older Ian um, before Leary can have her. Once again, she is obsessed, arrested as a witch. Stop calling these women witches, Leary. That's not cool. That's not okay. Stop woman hating. Leary um, is, she's a one trick pony. She's like, you're a witch and you're a witch and you're a witch. That's it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Thank God um, her kids are cool. Yeah. <laughs> seriously. During the crossing to America, Roger tries to help his ancestor, Morag McKenzie, avoid Stephen's cruelty. Brianna takes on a servant, Lizzie, is it Wymus? 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 Wymus. Lizzie, and books passage to America for them both. More tough looks for Stephen Bonnet tossing children off boats in the middle of the ocean. This guy. He's the worst. Mm. Um... I, okay, I will say one thing about Roger here. I actually like ship Roger pretty okay. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like he like manned up quite a bit on the ship and like yeah. was trying to help others and be like a cool dude. He just like, he's he's the ultimate like white guy, right? Like he just yeah. like goes on, knows nothing about anything and is like, yeah, no, I can do this. Yep. He's just like, okay, bro. He picks up a barrel and is like, where do you want this captain? And the captain's like, come on, come on down. You lifted a barrel. Let's go. Yeah, you, this got, be interesting. you got moxie, kid. I'll give you that. He's got that big Anton Sugar energy with the coin flipping thing. I'm like, this guy's just going to be bad news forever. Yeah. This kind of reminded me, like, too, like, when he was trying to get passage on the ship, it was very, like, Leo DiCaprio and Titanic. <laughs> Let me play my hand of cards and I'm going to book passage. It's just like, okay. Yep. <laughs> I'll take Leo any day over Roger, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Can I just talk about how much I love Joan? Of course you Joan can, please. Oh, my God. Those scenes of, with her and Brianna were just so sweet because Joan was largely raised by Jamie. And Brianna was not, even though she is Jamie's. And so it was just so sweet to see those two girls together because basically they're sisters, you know, not by blood, but by coincidence of being related to Jamie, right? whatever that means. And just when they were like doing their hair together and like putting flowers in it and just being together outside, it was just so sweet. Loved Joan. Oh, best kid. Joan and Marsley just hitting it out of the park. Leary, you did something, right? I guess. Absolutely. (laughs) Yep. Man. Well, why don't we talk about things to watch for or things that people might not have noticed? Colleen, do you want to start us off? Of course. This is the one, Sarah, who I was like, ooh, Sarah might recognize somebody in these episodes coming up. I totally did. Like, is that Ancho Costa? Or is it Catherine of Aragon or Vera Bates from Downton Abbey? Irish actress Maria Doyle Kennedy, I love her. She definitely moves from role to role, but she's regal AF as Joe Costa. Like she's perfection in this role. This is Jamie's wily aunt who is also blind. She does a pretty good job for being a blind lady in control of this estate, surviving multiple husbands. Yeah. (laughs) Like all her husbands just keep dying. And like we said before, keep an eye on Ulysses, her stalwart butler as well. 
Well, speaking of Downton, um, Stephen Bonnet is played with the, by the dastardly relish um, of Ed Spielers, who was Jimmy Kent on Downton. So y'all are really going to hate this guy. He is the worst. <laughs> mm-hmm. I haven't seen Downton, but I probably should. Oh, you should oh, yeah. definitely see it. I probably should. After you read, after you read um, the book. <laughs> A Court of Thorn and Roses. Okay. Yes. I'm almost done, Sarah, I promise. (laughs) Um, Okay, time for a French lesson. Jamie says that the strawberry is a feature of his family coat of arms. And I think it was Colleen who had talked about um, how Frasier sounds like fraisier, which is a strawberry bush. And it comes from the French word fraise, which is strawberry. And so, yeah, we were right. (laughs) We nailed it, team. Way to go, etymology. (laughs) Yes. Oh, this one was wild. I learned about this when I lived in Scotland. It's mentioned at one point that you will never see a MacDonald and a Campbell interacting with very good reason on February 13th, 1692, because they'd missed a deadline to swear fealty to the English King William III. The MacDonald clan were attacked and slaughtered at Glencoe by the Campbells. To make matters even more Game of Thronesy, like guest right situation, the Campbells have been staying with the McDonald's for like over a week as guests. Oh boy! And then one stuff. Yeah, Yeah. during the night they woke up and started killing everyone. Yikes! Well, no, we're not in Westeros, but Jocasta's estate, River Run, joins the Tully Outlander conspiracy as another uh, throwback to A Song of Ice and Fire. Mm -hmm. It's everywhere. Well, why don't we move on to how historically accurate Outlander is in these episodes? Mm. More tough, just more tough talks coming up for Outlander here. We're beginning another stretch where they're utilizing a culture in a fairly sensitive yet still problematic way. Uh, Let's talk about the indigenous people of the North Carolina wilderness. Every race or culture is going to be seen through this kind of very familiar lens, especially for us, the white savior protagonists. Like, yeah, it's not the show's fault. All of the main characters are white European people. Like that's pretty much what's going to happen. But I was kind of hoping since they've deviated from the source material before that they could maybe flesh out some more of these characters who are people of color. Like, but now we're like stuck with the quote unquote savage imagery because that's how the characters kind of perceive it. Even if like Claire knows the truth, she's like, yes, the Native American people were here first. Slavery is bad. She knows these things, but we still don't get any development for the characters. Like Rufus just dies in his episode. And then Adawahi, who was the Cherokee healer Claire meets, also just dies, like with no character development. It's very frustrating. I was hoping they'd do a little bit more there, but no. Well, executive producer Matthew B. Roberts said how important it was to be as truthful as possible in their portrayal of Cherokee and Mohawk nations. Um, quote, every department from production design to costume and hair and makeup does a huge amount of research to ensure we create a world that feels authentic to the time and place, Robert said. Mm -hmm. So at least visually, they're trying to be as authentic as possible. Right. That's fair. And then he continued to, quote, to build our Native American world, they have learned traditional techniques from canoe building to hand weaving. And to populate that world, we have welcomed a great team from Canada to play both the speaking and supporting roles of the Cherokee and Mohawk nations in Outlander season four, um, end quote. 
that last part is tough because they couldn't have Cherokee or Mohawk actors portray the roles due to SAG rules. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least the Outlander team made the effort to cast indigenous people, I guess. Yeah. And can you explain what SAG rules are? Because I don't know. That's the Screen Actors Guild. So there oh, are just okay. regulations yeah, like the that rules. they had to gotcha. follow. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Like, fine, we get it, but also... Well, right. one thing they did get right is Cherokee women had powerful voices in their communities. Mm-hmm. Women had all the rights of property and inheritance passed on from mother to daughter. Um, they could also marry who they wanted and get divorced if they could. So that was more progressive than us white folks back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, women could ride with war parties and the men didn't bat a damn eyelash. Indeed, women would have been part of negotiations with white settlers who would never let women near those kinds of meetings. Yep. I can just imagine like <laughs> Cherokee being like, where are your women at? Like, yeah. I don't, we don't just want to talk to you men. <laughs> yeah. Ew. Gross. Well, I think that's where we'll leave it for today. Thank you so much for being with us and come back next time when we ex- uh, finish exploring Outlander. You can enjoy us in our podcast or YouTube format. Either way, smash that subscribe button and leave us those five-star reviews. Remember to check out our website at bohemiangeekstudies.com where you can watch all of our episodes. Enjoy Colleen's book corner where she's reviewing Star Wars literature and contact us through email and social media. And as always, keep telling other nerdy knights to join us because it really does help. Until next time, Keep those sabers up in Jamie's uh, sheath and keep those episodes (laughs) streaming. Bye. Bye, guys.